Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest by the name of Leslie Short, and she is owner of the Cavo Group and the author of Expand Beyond Your Current Culture. She's also a DEI strategist with four decades of experience. She created the Cavo Group in an effort to facilitate and create new solutions to old and new issues within diversity and inclusion. Leslie is uniquely skilled at seeking growth through open conversations, conflict, conflict coaching, trainings, and workshops. Hello, Leslie. How are you today? Hello there. I am wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. So how did you get involved in this stream of work? You know, I started, my first career was a classical ballet dancer. So when you're the only little black girl dancing ballet, you learn very early about culture and people and understanding and people not understanding and judgment and biases immediately. And luckily, I had a great base of my family that says you have talent, you walk in with it. Everyone else didn't always see it that way, though. Well, that's good. And, and you knew deep down in your side you had talent. You know, people tell you you have talent. I knew I loved performing and that I um, had a different type of joy even at that age. And I was lucky enough to be chosen at the age of seven to be trained as a classical ballet dancer. So I knew someone else saw something that I didn't have a clue about because I knew nothing about ballet. So, Of course, of course. I remember when my grandchildren and my daughters were involved in ballet. You know, it's quite an art and you have to really rise above the crowd, so to speak. Very much so. That is a great way to put it. And, you know, I did it for... Don't want to tell on myself, but 30 something years, I had an amazing career that I traveled outside of this country and I lived out of the United States for 13 and a half years. So when I speak of culture and understanding culture and languages and barriers and religion, and I lived it. Um, I didn't just visit there. I lived in it and experienced it and owned businesses. And um, it's an experience that I couldn't trade for the world and it, which really led me to doing this work. Yeah, I can understand that. And I can understand how you have a different perspective on diversity as a result of that. Because as, as much as, as I love the United States and all the things that it stands for, unfortunately, there are divisions in it. And, and, and those divisions are miles across that are not easy to, to get people together on. And unfortunately, those divisions have grown over the years. Absolutely. And so I always say my job is never to change anyone's mind. My, my job is to, to really have conversation. And if someone can see something 
or someone differently than what they thought, that's half the battle. Because, you know, we are, um, as I hate to quote Dr. Phil, but as Dr. Phil would say, we want to be the right fighter. Whatever we thought, that's what it is. Whatever we were taught, that's what it is. And sometimes you have to sit back and go, well, who am I as part of this conversation? What do I have to offer? And others have different things to offer. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing is everybody brings their own set of values, their own set of uh, pluses to the table. And I, I think that is what diversity is about. Like if you have two ideas and I have two ideas and somebody else has two ideas, we all gain from it. It's not that uh, each of those different those ideas are that different. Everybody gains from the perspective of everybody being at the table. Yes. And that's, I say, diversity of thought, of mind, of body, of culture, of, of understanding, not only for what's happening within that room of those ideas, but how does it affect others once it leaves the room? Because I think we forget that part. People sit in the room and they're like, we all have these great ideas. And no one goes, well, how does it affect someone else? And we miss it. <laughs> Well, you've had to climb through a mountain of adversity to get to where you're at. How did you do that? See, I don't look at it as adversity. I, and I don't even look at it as challenges. And because this question is asked to me, and I think back, and trust me, I've been called many a names. I've had my wig stolen. I've had costumes cut. I've had people say, how could you afford that house? And, you know, only speak to the men in the room that were the lawyers and everything. And I'm like, unless they're paying the mortgage, do not stop speaking to them. <laughs> Speak to me. It's my house. I always look and go, it's not about me. It's about them. What's their hang up that they're having this hard time dealing with me? Because I'm not going anywhere. So we don't have to figure this out. And so that's what I kind of love about what I do. I love the figuring it out. Um, doesn't always work, but when it does, it's brilliant. Yeah, that, that's true. And I think that's the key. And I think also part of the value of this is the journey along the way. And I, I think people forget the journey along the way is so important and so much part of people's lives that that needs to be taken into account as well. Yeah, it's not only about where we are at the moment. How did all of the good, the bad, and the crazy, and the joy get you to where you are today? And we, we sometimes like to be like, well, I'm here, and this is my persona today. And going, but you wouldn't have this today if you didn't go through what you went through yesterday. And the journey, I, I am blessed every day. And I truly say this, anyone that knows me knows I'm happy and twirling just about every day because I've done more in my lifetime than most people ever get an opportunity to do. Now, I have a, a poster up in my office and it says, and I read it, God gave me the ability. My parents gave me the opportunity, but everything else I had to earn. And but with that, it took a team. That was a team. God, my family and everyone around. That's a team to help you get to where you are. You know, that's cool. And I, and I think all those spots that you've been in, all those countries that you've lived in, all those opportunities that you've been in have really brought back you to a different 
perspective than others. Absolutely. You know, I, as we're in a new year and I give thanks and I give thanks when I'm texting and sending messages all around the world to friends that are still in all these different places. And they were all still connected through experiences of being in those other countries together. And I, I'm, I always go, wow, I really get to see a different side of what's happening. And even when I wrote the book, I was able to call friends back in countries and go, what's going on there? Like I can see it in the news, but what are you feeling? Can you speak to some of your colleagues? And so it, it allows the door to continue to swing open. And you know, one thing I think that's happened in, in addition to this polarization that's going on is I think the world has shrunk over the years. It's so much easier to contact people over the seas and contact people from all over the place that, that you now can talk to somebody in Australia or Japan or France at a minute's notice. It's, it's not like the barriers are there. It, you can get on Zoom and just talk to people around the world uh, in such a way that the things that are happening there are also happening here. Absolutely. And I think you forget that sometimes. So one day I was laughing. Um, I just moved. But when I was um, in Brooklyn, a friend called me like, oh, are you crazy today? I said, well, I've been to India, Ireland, Africa. And they're like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I said, because I'm working with the international company and I had meetings in all of those countries today and I never left my stool in Brooklyn. Yeah, How it, brilliant it, is that? Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool that you're able to go around the globe without leaving your, your easy chair, so to speak? Absolutely. And I had done it by 10 a.m. in the morning because I started at 7. So I'm like, <laughs> this is great. What a power hour that was. I mean, what, what an amazing thing that was to be able to do all those things and get all of that done just as you had your morning coffee. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, but also to be able to connect with people that are in those countries that are meeting me basically for the first time and sharing their, their work experience and their cultural experience and all of that with me. Um, and that short amount of time is if we do it right, we can learn things about each other in a short amount of time. Well, for sure. And, and I think, you know, this, this aspect of having Zoom allows us to communicate better as well, because I think part of the communication is not only the listing, it's the seeing. And I think the seeing is very important. Yes. I mean, there's a reason why a lot of these apps exploded during the beginning of covid you know, I don't even know what the names, but Party Connect and Family Connect. And people want that connection. People want to, I think, understand or know. And so my thing is, once you under, once you know that there's other countries, other foods, other things, then open your mind to accepting, to trying it. You may not agree with it or understand all of it, but to know it's there. And if you have the opportunity, right, that, that word opportunity, Take the opportunity to experience something new. It's really that simple. So let's go into a couple of the skills that you teach all the time so that people can understand some of the things that they can take advantage of. You talk about leadership skills and the ones that are necessary for people that are inclusive 
and an equitable workspace. Let's, Let's talk about some of those leadership skills that are necessary in this year and beyond. I think the biggest leadership skill that's needed is knowing who you are. Shocking, right? Because when we think about leadership, everyone's like, lead others. But if you don't know who you are as a leader, what your style is, what triggers you for good or bad, or how to motivate not only yourself, but others through good times and bad times, then what are you, again, bringing to the conversation to lead for others? You're not because you're giving orders, not understanding the empathy needed to understand all of the parts and pieces that you need to get a team motivated. So one, knowing who you are, I like to call it what's in your bag. We all have biases. We all have all these things. But what's in your bag as a leader? And what do you get to share with others as a leader? And what do you take from others as a leader? (laughs) Because if you stop learning as a leader, then you're not leading. (laughs) Yeah. And one thing I, I, you know, I read a lot. and I just read the autobiography of the person that uh, led the Disney franchise for the last several years. And one of his greatest skills was to lead others to do the jobs that they could do. In other words, as a leader, he had to basically let the people around him do the jobs that were the most important. And that's how he was most successful at what he was doing. There, I worked with the CEO and we used to laugh all the time. And some staff will come in and be like, but I can't do this. And we would go, Here's the crazy part. We never really asked for your resume. We asked, what do you want to do? What's your strengths? What are you good at? What can you bring to add to this company? And you rattled off all this stuff. And we said, great, that's exactly what we need. You're hired. Now you're telling us you can't do what you said you can do. Now that's a problem. Because you gave us the skills that we needed. You said that. And so we need to understand that, yes, you have to allow people to do what they do, but we also have to make sure that they can do what they do, that they say they can do. That's rather important. And I think um, the important thing is people, you know, it's one thing to talk the talk, but it's a whole different thing to walk the talk. Execution is important. Very important there. Let's let's go on to another concept that I think is very important, and that's creating a company culture you can be proud of. Yes. That means you've listened. You listen to your employees. This is that favorite word of not listening to react, but active listening, that you really do hear them and see them. And so instead of saying, Oh, you just want Fridays off? Okay, you get it off at two o'clock. What does that do for the bottom line? What does that do for the morale of the company? Is there a way that you can maneuver certain things that people understand that you're just not giving? I love that. I love the companies you see that give programs. We're going to buy this program. We're going to buy this program, but yet no one uses the program. And so you've made everyone go through this training and they're like, but it's not useful. That's not what we asked for. You've made it much more difficult. So are you listening to what your employees are actually saying to you that they can do their job better for the company? You know, cupcake Fridays and beer pong. Okay, all of that's great. I'll never turn down a cupcake. 
But that doesn't mean that when I go into you and say, hey, you know, I've been doing this job for three years. There's a new position open. What do I need? That's the route I want to go. How do I get there? That you don't make sure that I'm being prepared, that I can get to that next level, that there's additional education and pay equity, that there's a feeling of inclusiveness, not belonging, because that's not a job to make you feel it belong. I get to decide where I belong. But there's a feeling that I can go speak to someone, that I can get the extra skills, that I can get a raise, that I can move up, that there, what I do is important. And that starts to build company culture because people walk in and they feel like they are actually contributing as opposed to feel like that someone's always sucking and taking from them. You know, I think in this year particularly, the worker has an all-time powerful position because they don't have to stay in companies anymore. They can choose to work wherever they want to as they want to. So the power that's been vested in them is they have to decide whether they want to stay and build the culture or they can go on their own and do their own things now. And and that's a big change from the way things were in years gone by. Absolutely. Um, Part of what the Cava Group does is we do work with companies helping to recruit for CEOs, for senior positions. And I always say to them in the interview, don't think that you're just interviewing the potential employee. The employee's interviewing you. They get to decide what type of culture they want to work in. And so, and remember, we're all on Zoom. It's a camera so people can see you and how you interact with each other when you're asking questions or who's rolling their eyes. They're paying attention to that because they do have the power to work where they want to work now. Yeah. And one of the the cultures I've followed fairly closely over the years is the Disney group and how they've built an empire because they've been a company that really has over the years worked hard to keep something going, to keep high in the public's eye. And at the same time, to try and keep a company going, even when theme parks were shutting down. And, and everything else, which which is very difficult when you don't have the revenue to keep things going, yet they have tried to keep people on board because they know their employees are the people that are the ones that keep it going. Absolutely. And employees keep everything going. You know, it, it is. You, yes, you can have stock and you can have inventory. You can say the trucks can still keep moving while I'm fighting this over here. But they don't have to show back up. No one's looking for that gold watch in that corner office and the pension the way that years ago you were taught that's what you did. You went into a company and you stayed there forever. That is no longer how it works. So if you are not taking care of your employees, I always say you're outside and your inside must match. That means you can be all shiny to the consumer Look at us, look at us. But if your employees are unhappy on the on the inside, trust me, your outside is going to start to show it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's the important part of of what goes on in this. Well, believe it or not, we're getting close to our end already. And I always like to end the show with two questions. And lastly, this show is called How to Have a Fantastic Life. 
And I'm going to ask you personally, how do you have a fantastic life? Hmm. I love that question. My spiritual base is my base. So I know that I feel grounded and that I have options. And so, like I said, I, my post was I'm twirling into 2022 because I always know good, bad, or otherwise, I always have options. And then that means my life will always be fabulous because I get decided on directions. It may not always be the direction I want it to go, but I have options. That's, that's rather important. And I think you know yourself and that, that is a very hard one because once you know what your options are and who you are, you decide. Now I'm going to ask the flip side of that question. How do you think others should have a fantastic life? Understand that it's their life. Understand that they have to live it for themselves first. That they can't be compared to their brothers or their sisters or their aunts, or their uncles or what they see on TV and celebrities. That again, what's in your bag and what do you want your life to be? And build it grain of salt by grain of salt, grain of sand by grain of sand. It'll come to a brick, it'll build to a brick, it'll build to a wall. And just not um, compare yourself to others, but build on who you are and what you want to be. Those are important concepts. Now, uh, before we leave, I just want to point out, you know, one of the companies I've also followed along the way is the Hard Rock Cafe. And, you know, the Hard Rock Cafe was started decades ago in a time when, they had to start a value system in order to really start. And, and, you know, they came up with four founding principles in their model. And I'm not sure if you know them, but you probably have come across them and all that you've studied and everything else. These are their four principles. One is love all, serve all. Number two, take time to be kind. Number three, save the planet. And number four, all is one. Yes. Wow. Yes. You know, those are pretty auspicious things for a company to start this, you know, decades ago. And, and you know, that's carried them through all these difficult times. And, and you know, there have been... I don't know how many hundreds of companies that have gone bankrupt in the last few years Mm -hmm. and how many companies that have stopped living their beliefs and having to change radically. Yet this company has still managed to survive with their hotels, with their restaurants, with their staff and you know, those are things that I think are important. It's not the, the glitzy uh, memorabilia in their places that keep them going. It's their mottos that have kept them going. And, and I think that's something that's important when people are developing their companies and so on to, to keep them at their perspective. Is that not right, Leslie? Absolutely, because you know why? It was built into the foundation. We go back to that. If your foundation is strong, if you know what's part of the foundation, a part of that mix that you, that cement, that sand that you're building, then anything that you diversify comes up and out of that. 
And if you hold on to that foundation and continue to build onto it, it becomes stronger, not weaker. Because when you try to break it all up and sham it all over the place is when it becomes weak. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Leslie Short. Leslie, how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to? They can reach out to the Cabo Group, which is T-H-E-C-A-V-U Group, G-R-O-U-P, whether it's on the website or social media is all the Cabo Group or LinkedIn at Leslie Short. Thank you, Leslie, for being here today. Have a fantastic day. You as well. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, talk to you soon. I'm Dr. Alan Leica. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. We'll be right back. 